Welcome to the future of XYZ. I'm your host, Lisa Grelnick, principal and founder of LVG & Co., an independent strategy consultancy based in New York City. Through quick and candid conversations with innovative leaders, we aim to foster new thinking and explore big questions about where we are as a world and where we're going. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Future of XYZ. This week, we have a super cool conversation with guests Jason and Raj. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we are going to be speaking about the future of additive manufacturing, which is a pretty wonky tech heavy term, but we're going to unpack what it means, especially for the work that both of these gentlemen feel is so important, which is how we can use and harness technology to serve the underserved better. So. I want to give quick introductions. Jason, you and I connected. Uh, Jason Solomeyer is currently based in Jordan uh, in the Middle East. Uh, he's a Californian, as is actually Rush, uh, and as am I. So we always have that nice connection. <laughs> but Jason's in the Middle East. He has a uh, 501c3 US-based nonprofit startup uh, called 3DP4Me, which stands for 3D Printing for the Middle East. Uh, I got that right, right, Jason? That's spot on. Yep. Cool. Yeah, and uh, just honored, honored to be with you today. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And Jason's also an undergraduate of Cal State Fullerton. Um, and uh, right now, I'll, we'll get into it more, but providing uh, 3D printed medical devices for underserved communities in the Middle East. Rush is himself uh, a leader in uh, 3D printing. He has a long history in robotics and disruptive mobile technology. He's been with uh, Jable uh, Additive, which is a leader in 3D printing, approaching $30 billion of worldwide sales based in St. Petersburg, Florida, although Rush is in Denver. He's a UC Berkeley Haas School of Management graduate, as well as Santa Clara University, going back to that whole Cali connection. Um, mm -hmm. and and Rush and Jason, thanks so much for joining us on Future of XYZ. Thanks so much, Lisa. Looking forward awesome. to the chat. So I guess the first question, since we're talking about the future of additive manufacturing, is what is additive manufacturing? <laughs> yeah, why don't, you, why don't you take this, Rush? I think you could speak to it with uh, a lot level of specificity. Yeah, let me let me let me do my very best. A big question. So uh, additive, uh, most frequently in manufacturing, is compared to Subtractive uh, makes it kind of an easy conversation to start where uh, if you think about how most metal components are manufactured, you, you get a block of something and then you hog it out to the form or the shape that you need. Conversely, additive uh, takes a file and actually starts to build the material. Uh, actually makes it more um, green, makes it more environmentally friendly. And maybe most importantly, uh, is, is more beneficial for smaller lot sizes. And, and that's really important uh, for us as a manufacturing community, as well as I think uh, thinking about global supply chains. And the reason it's important, Lisa, is now you can have designers or people who are scanning things like hearing aids that we'll talk a little bit about today, and you can produce it in a lot size of one. And one of the limitations with other converting technologies has been that you have to do forms, you have to do molds, really expensive machinery, and then have to produce in thousands, if not millions, to make it a profitable business. And so what additive does is it's this new forming technology. But I think what's most exciting about it is probably the most 
digital manufacturing technology that we've had to date. So that's a little bit of an overview. Well, it's, it's a helpful overview. Jason, do you want to add something to additive manufacturing definitions? Yeah, no, I think from my perspective, you know, I'm not a technologist. I'm more of a connector of like connecting really smart people and saying, how do we get things done? But from my perspective, additive manufacturing is just a way to get things done more effectively and efficiently using technology, especially in the developing world. And I'm excited to share more later. That's great. So let's just talk about that quickly, because I mean, I think whenever I think about manufacturing, Russ, you allude to this. I mean, my own experience, and I, I, I truly adore being on a factory floor. I think it's, it's humbling uh, in in terms of uh, understanding where everything that we consume comes from, right? Whether that is big infrastructure or tiny little, you know, microchip, you know, or or shoes or whatever else it is. What we're talking about, though, and the first time I personally came across 3D manufacturing was actually at SpaceX's headquarters, where they are 3D printing parts for the rockets, right? And it really blew my mind because, to your point, you don't need to produce a, a, a full, you know, factory line of these meshes. You need to have maybe two that are perfect, and you can print, you can 3D print them. So let's talk about the applications, if you will, um, of 3D printing and what that means in terms of facilities, supply chain, and and talent ultimately. Sure, uh, I'll I'll take a crack at it first, Jason. Um, <laughs> you know. If you think about the long arc of manufacturing, really what it has been uh, all about is making components cost-effective enough for consumers. Um, and, and I think that here in the U.S., since we talked about California and the U.S., um, a lot of people think about Ford. And you know, Ford's mission was to have a car in everyone's driveway. The way that that's been done by manufacturing and Ford in particular is to drive the cost out, and you do that through volume. And what I think we're seeing right now is an inflection point that, you know, with these new more digital technologies, um, you can do uh, economical consumer rated product uh, with lower batch sizes and lower volumes. And, you know, so the applications, Lisa, to your question, uh, really additive is still a relatively expensive technology when you compare it to injection molding and a host of other converting technologies. Um, but what additive does is it gives you a lot of design freedom. And, and what that means, it, you know, from a design perspective, and then I'll speak a little bit to, to some of the work that Jason's team is doing. Uh, but from a design perspective, Lisa, it tends to be that you design to the manufacturing process. And so if you've been to SpaceX, you can see that there's a lot of things that you, know, you really want to do uh, to do a launch vehicle or do some of the things that they do down there that uh, are constrained by other manufacturing technologies but are released now with additive. Um, and one of the things we talk about is uh, anything that wants to have fluid dynamics, aerodynamics, or, or any sort of flow considerations, uh, additive unlocks a lot of the capabilities for that. And so manufacturing, it's really unlocking the design intent and not designing for manufacturing. That's That would be point one. Um, I am most excited, and one of the reasons I'm so, so pleased to be a part of Jason's team is the other thing this does now is we can scan uh, something that goes on your person. So there's a lot being done for uh, implants. Uh, there's a lot being done for uh, folks with diabetes uh, around insoles for their shoes that you know customize a, a uh, insole for uh, you, me, or Jason. And then you know we'll talk a little bit about hearing aids and how this technology now gives a uh, degree of agility 
across our supply chain that makes uh, cost effective a product for an individual, not for a group of people. That's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah, no, I, and I, I couldn't agree more. And I, you know, I think one, if I take it back to a story, because I think it comes back to story a lot for me. And, and, you know, I was working with my partner who was here for 45 years in Jordan, running a school for the deaf and the blind. And they were providing all the hearing aids in the Syrian refugee camps, just uh, 45 minutes from my house. And they were doing an amazing job. Uh, and, but like to Russia's point earlier, they had done this all by hand, you know, so you can imagine this piece of artwork, basically, you know, somebody takes an impression of someone's ear, they put it in plaster and they heat it up and then they take these tools and they tool it out. And it's like an all day affair, you know, where they can only make a, a minimal amount. And so it's, it's part of the journey has been, how do we do this amazing gift? How do we provide this gift of hearing through better technologies? Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that is, in fact, I think the, that the mission that you have created for 3DP for me, right, is in fact to serve real human needs with practical 3D printing. I mean, that practical you know, is so important in this. And I think both, you know, in Rush, I mean, coming out of robotics and how you've just described what additive manufacturing is, practical seems in fact to be where we're heading. The future of additive manufacturing is moving into something more practical and then to your point, more individualized so we can serve human need better. Is that fair? No, I, Rush, why don't you take this? Because I think with Jabal, you guys have been doing so much, you know, around the world. And maybe you can share a little bit more. No, I, I think, Lisa, you, you did it very succinctly there. Um, the, you know, th this is a journey. Um, you know, this is, in, in my humble opinion, this isn't a technology discussion anymore. Technologies exist to do just about everything that we want to do. Um, you know, and I think COVID. Uh, interestingly, uh, shined a light on how much more we need to start taking what's right now very large uh, factories in geographically isolated places and start distributing them across the globe. And, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, there's a lot of job creation in other uh, countries that can start to take place and, and benefit from manufacturing. Uh, it's, it's, it's a very welcomed industry for uh, many countries. But I think what's also most interesting is if you look at what's happened in retail um, and you've seen what's happened with dot-com, that's moving its way all the way back into uh, supply chains, distribution companies like Amazon, and then all the way back into factories like the, the ones that Jable manages. And, and I would tell you that this is one small step towards democratizing manufacturing, uh, reducing the barriers to entry, which just creates a lot more competition and ultimately creates better products for consumers. So, I, you know, it, it's not going to happen all at once. Um, and that's why, you know, I, I can't say enough how excited I am for organizations like Jason's because industry's moving, um, the wheels are turning, SpaceX and other big companies are already taking advantage of these technologies. I think what's incumbent upon folks like us is to figure out how to get it out to people who can make best use of it. Well, I think that there's something really interesting in this. Um, and Jason, I want to I want to turn to to the work that you guys are doing specifically mm -hmm. in your current mission to provide mm -hmm. twelve thousand hearing aids uh, to Jordanians in the next five years. But one thing that just strikes me, and maybe you can kind of mesh these two things together, Jason, 
when Rush was speaking, one of the things when we think about the future of additive manufacturing, it, it talks about opening opportunity and kind of redistributing mm -hmm. the supply chain, if you will, and especially mm -hmm. manufacturing facilities. Something I'm curious about, as you described, you know, your partner and kind of the handwork that went into these molds before in the manufacturing. When you think about what you're about to launch and what or what you are launching in 2021 and what your 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 goal is, where does the role of talent? Because I think that is ultimately going to be a huge bottleneck in Russia's yeah. vision of additive manufacturing. Yeah. So if you could yeah. kind of mesh those two, that'd be fascinating. No, absolutely. And this is near and dear to my heart, to be quite honest with you, because I I've been living in Jordan for quite some time and I just love Jordan. You know, the people here are tremendously kind and generous. And I feel like the way I describe, especially Jordanian youth, young men, is they're like a treasure of the Middle East and they're, they're super uber talented. So part of my hope and ambition, and, and this is already happening here, but we're hoping to focus on assisted devices um, but is we've partnered with a few universities like Stanford University and with the Technical University of Munich and also with industry, part of our additive manufacturing experts panel, which Rush is a part of, is we, we knew that we needed a whole ecosystem of people and institutions that could come around what we wanted to do in order for long-term sustainability. And, you know, you needed more people in the room. And so... I think I'm excited to start with hearing aids and I feel like that's kind of a low hanging fruit. And my heart is really also to get into Syria. You know, we've had conversations with other NGOs and with all the bombs that have taken place there over the last 10 years of war, there's a lot of hearing healthcare needs. So my heart is really start in Jordan and, and refine our service delivery model, but then really get into Syria as soon as we can uh, with the, with, Part of our technology is this mobile 3D ear scanner from a group called Lantus Technologies and on our tech lead is Dr. Brian Flygor. And basically it's a, you can, it's a water balloon basically and you could put it in someone's ear and in two minutes it takes a million data points and that goes real time in the cloud. And then that's where we're working on a new customized software where we can print out maybe 30 of the molds for the ears in up to one hour. Wow. So um, a lot of opportunity. It's, it's now, we just recently got our approvals and now it comes down to execution. So I'll stop there. Maybe Rush, is there anything you want to add on top of that as far as kind of our discussions? No, I would just add relative to um, the human capital side of this. I hate to say it that way, but, you know, that's kind of the question at hand. Um, you know, one of the things that is most challenging for us is deploying these sorts of technologies um, regionally. And, um, you know, training has been a conversation. I've been in the robotics industry forever, and it always seems to be the governor, um, you know, is, is where are we getting the talent? Uh, how are we inviting our young uh, our young people to, to come through university and want to go? When I graduated from Santa Clara, uh, everybody asked me, why would you go do that? There's places like Cisco. And, and I was like, well, because I'm a car guy. And I, I think that manufacturing is becoming cool again. And fortunately, I think there's a recognition across a, a number of nations that, you know, it's an imperative for you know, economies to start re-upping re the, the training uh, in trade schools and universities. But it, it is absolutely one of the, the critical limitations on deploying technologies, Lisa. So it's, it's a really important question.
Yeah, no, I can, I can, I, I, I can appreciate that. It's often the bottleneck, unfortunately, the best laid plans and all that, you know, it comes, comes down to execution and, and, and humans have to execute. People. Yeah. You need great people at the end totally. of the day, every technology needs great people. Totally. So, yeah. so let's talk about additive manufacturing as it can really solve real human needs. Um, what does that look like? I mean, Jason, you've just given a description that frankly, I mean, of the, the, the small water balloon that goes in someone's, I mean, and then data points go to the cloud. I mean, this is phenomenal. You also talked about, you know, Syrians who have been having, you know, war in their front yards for the last now almost 11 years. I mean, the, the impact of this, but you also have places like, you know, all over the world where you have landmines, where you have war issues and you have, you know, I mean, whether it be that, sorry, um, whether, whether it be that uh, you, you, you have people who have, you know, limbs missing, where whatever that it may be, right? There is lots of opportunity on this personalized side of manufacturing and medical 3D manufacturing that rush was talking about what is your vision i mean as you think about yeah. you know this first pilot project for mm -hmm. 3dp for me going beyond even syria perhaps like what what are the mm -hmm. applications that you are most excited about yeah that's a great question it gets my uh just really exciting um you know I, I think it comes down to building uh the right systems and this is where rush has has really been a mentor for me because i think it's having the wisdom of, of figuring out what the right systems to build to, to be able to reproduce this around the world, uh, you know, whether that's in China or India or other places where there might be opportunities. Uh, but it, it comes down to, right, I, th I think something that's reproducible and that you could put in, in like a, some sort of uh, box or something, you know, this is so to, so to say, you know, so to speak. Um, but I think my heart of hearts would be, you know, that we're really focused on assistive devices. So it's hearing aids and then maybe lower limb prosthetics. And then, you know, from there, I think it depends on our focus and time. But, um, but Rush, do you want to speak anything to this? I think we've had a number of conversations. It's just, it's very exciting. I think we're super focused on the pilot and it's sometimes you lose sight of the grandiose visions. Yeah. Yeah, so, so Lisa, I, I imagine a lot of your viewers haven't had the same luxury you have of, of the exhilarating experience of being on a factory floor, but um, I'm sure most of them have had the opportunity to go out and buy a customized book. Um, and if you think about just the progression of publishing, you know, just as, as an analogy, um, what's lost on most folks is the amount of work that has to go into not doing a million of one but a million ones, um, so that it has Lisa's name or Lisa's picture or et cetera. Um, you know, I think that, that what Jason's um, group is doing uh, in, in bringing folks like myself to the table, and I'm one of a multitude, by the way, um, of, of probably more talented people. Um, but, you know, <laughs> what's happening behind the scenes, Lisa, is the infrastructure. And so when Jason talks about getting all those data points and scanning, what it really is is a force multiplier. Because if you think about what has to be done when it's not done digitally to get a custom fit hearing aid or a prosthetic or dental aligners, it's, it's a trade craft. And then you need hundreds, if not thousands of these. And so this is a force multiplier on taking those sorts of activities and automating them. And, and what happens through there is it has to be done very safely. Uh, and especially when you're thinking about doing it for children, uh, it has to be done as least invasively as possible. 
And so what's happening behind the scenes, Lisa, what's happening in the cloud, all these things that's really difficult to visualize. That's the infrastructure that Jason's team's building. Um, very, very supportive and excited about the pilot that he's doing with hearing, but his team's vision for how do you take that same infrastructure, Lisa, and make it available for other prosthesis, make it available in other regions for other underserved communities. I, I think that's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I think, I think you're right, Rush. And it, it just, it's exciting. And I, you know, I'm just so really honored to run with folks like Rush and, and the others that we've, we've brought along and, and even conversations that we've had locally. And, and we'll share more in the future once we kind of finalize some relationships, but just a lot of exciting things happening. And, and like I said, it just comes down to execution and, uh, and just getting this done and kind of show, I think, showing the world instead of talking about it. I think that's what I'm excited about. And uh, now that we've got our approvals this last week, now that we can re really start to rock and roll. I think that's really exciting, Jason. Congratulations on that. And I have to just say, I mean, I was blown away when our, when we first started communicating about this vision that you do have to bring additive manufacturing into the Middle East, into underserved communities where there's a real need. Uh, and, and I say kudos for relocating your whole family to Jordan and spending the time that you have there and getting to know the community and really being able to serve it locally with technology that is, you know, as Rush proves, is global and is is a multi, multi-billion dollar industry. And I, I like the trend line that I'm hearing, Rush, from you about mm. being able to roll this out. Um, and I do, I couldn't agree more. I think manufacturing is becoming cool again, um, <laughs> you know, and, and with, with the social impact kind of being the norm, sustainability becoming much more of a conversation it's going to be really interesting to see how operations like both of yours frankly really uh kind of can grow and scale and and lead the way as as the world begins to understand uh the the need yeah and i i think even like a group that we're working inside of is, is the world economic forum and their group around the topic of additive manufacturing and, and they have a community called the lighthouse community that to rush's point really highlights a lot of these manufacturers. And I think they have a heart towards social impact. So I think it's just exciting. I think there's a lot of people in the space who want to take this technology to those who, who don't have access to it. And I think we're excited just to, to be a vehicle for that. And, and yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's a fun season. It's great. Well, thank you both so much for joining me. Jason Solemeyer, founder of 3DP for me, and Rush LaSalle, uh, GM and senior director, I believe it is, uh, um, digital manufacturing at Jable Additive. Thank you for joining Future of XYZ this week. Thank you, Lisa. I appreciate it. And uh, it's been fun. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lisa. Real pleasure. It's a pleasure. And for everyone listening, if you don't already subscribe, make sure you do to Future of XYZ on YouTube. You can also subscribe on podcasts everywhere and Future of XYZ on Instagram. We will see you next week. Thanks so much. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Future of XYZ. If you like what you've been hearing, please follow Lisa Grelnick on LinkedIn. Visit future-of.xyz or subscribe to the Future of XYZ podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.